Our scripture reading today comes from Mark chapters 10, verses 13 through 16. People, we are bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a, ch a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Uh, so part of that video was showing you guys the confirmation trip that we went on a couple weeks ago. Uh, we went to Carlsbad Caverns. Has anyone ever been to Carlsbad Caverns? That place is huge. I walked in, I was like, huh. It just keeps going and going and going and going. And so after we got out of the caverns, we went to a waterfall. That's what they were doing, playing in the water. You saw some kids in hoodies, and you also saw some kids in the water. I wasn't in the water. There was no way. It was cold. It was supposed to be 85 degrees. And, and when we were driving over there, it started to sleet, and there were some snowflakes. And I was like, here we go. And uh, the kid that jumped in the water, there were a few of them that jumped in the water beyond me. Uh, the kid that jumped in first, uh, it was a mix between like, this water's cold, my voice is cracking because of my age, and it was, <laughs> it was like, <laughs> like real high. It was good. So... That was a lot of fun, though, but uh, this Children's Sunday, uh, I've got a sermon for you guys. You guys ready? All right, good deal. So, there was a group of theologians and scholars that once cornered uh, the great author and theologian C.S. Lewis, and they, you guys know C.S. Lewis, and they asked him a question. They asked him, what is the greatest theological discovery that you have ever made? And, and this is C.S. Lewis. And if you've ever preached or if you've ever like wanted to post something Christian-y on, on your Facebook page or something, you come across a C.S. Lewis quote, you're like, wow, that is good. And do you want to know how C.S. Lewis responded? He, he smiled and he said, I exist to enjoy God's enjoyment of me. I exist to enjoy God's enjoyment of me. Did you know that God enjoys you? That God wants you to enjoy him and to enjoy the things that he created in your life and to enjoy the people that he's placed in your life. God longs for our enjoyment of him. And these are important things to grasp. And scripture backs up God's call to enjoy life. In 1 Timothy six seventeen. it says, Command those who are rich in this present world, not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Amen. So there was a long, long time ago, uh, a group of people in the church got together and thought it was important to accumulate uh, these sayings that would uh, and capture our beliefs, that would capture the beliefs that are important to the Christian faith. And they called it the catechism. Is that right? Catechism? Is that the right? Okay, good deal. Uh, thank you, Kat. Um, they soon discovered that this list was too long and too difficult to memorize, and so they came up with a shorter version, and they called it the, the short catechism. Pretty good. 
Um, and this is how it starts. It says, it starts with a question. It says, what is the chief end of humankind? To glorify God and to enjoy him forever. So here's the deal. This is what the sermon's about. You guys ready? We as a church need to learn how to play again. Come on. Amen? We need to learn how to play again. We need to stop taking ourselves so seriously, especially after the year and a half or however long it's been since COVID. I don't even know about 2020. I forgot about it. After that year, we need to stop taking ourselves so seriously. We need to lighten up. We need to have some fun like you used to when you were a child. And this sermon gets me excited because we have some things as a church planned for you guys and the whole congregation and me too that may involve some bounce houses, that may involve some movies, that may involve some cookouts. I'm not going to give any spoilers, but it's going to be fun this summer. And I'm excited about it. But children, they don't get upset when they make mistakes unless adults teach them to get upset when they do. Children don't care if they color outside the lines. We need to take a lesson from some kids sometimes on how to enjoy life and how to play again. And there are so many people out there who won't allow God in their lives because they think that God is going to take away their fun. But why would the creator of fun take it away? Why would the creator of joy take it away? Why would the creator of play take it away? And many misguided Christians, they, they give off the impression that to become a Christian, that to become spiritual means that you have to become miserable. And nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, when you start your Christian walk, that means that the party has just begun. That's the beginning of the party. That's the beginning of the fun. Because when you have the joy of Christ in your life, and in your heart, you can't help but smile, and you can't help but have a good time. Almost to the offense of others, you know? Have a good time, and they're just like, why are they so happy all the time? Why are they so joyful? Ministry is supposed to be fun, and all of us as Christians are in ministry, but I have the most fun job in the world. Because on Sunday morning sometimes, because I'm on the preaching team, I get to tell the congregation, I get to tell you guys how much Jesus loves you. And I get to go out on the streets, and when I walk past somebody, or when I, I'm at Subway, or wherever, I get to tell that person how much Jesus loves them. And even in the basement, I get to tell the youth how much Jesus loves them. I have the most fun job in the world. God created us to play and to enjoy the life that he created. I would go so far as to say that having fun as a Christian is a requirement. Would you guys agree? It's a requirement to have fun. From now on, if you haven't been having fun, it's now required. The Bible tells us so. In the 10th chapter of Mark, we read that Jesus was teaching, and this is our scripture from this morning, that Jesus was teaching and a bunch of playful kids ran towards him. And the sour disciples, they were appalled. Why would these kids come to Jesus while he's teaching? And you can probably imagine their reaction, and you may have asked this question to some uh, ill-behaved kids uh, a time ago, I won't blame you for it, you asked the question, where are their parents? Where are their parents? Can't they see that they're interrupting Jesus? Get these kids out of here. And Jesus, in anger, rebukes the disciples. And he felt these kids were being treated unfairly. He said, what are you doing? Let the children come to me. Let the children come to me. And in fact, unless you can receive the kingdom of God like these children, 
you will never be able to enter it. And this is a bold statement from Jesus. This is a very bold statement from Jesus. And I want to tell you why. It's because children are receptive, children are dependent, and children are trusting. Children don't worry, and they're carefree. Oh my gosh, did I skip around? No, 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 I'm good. Sorry. Children aren't puffed up with pride and cynicism. Children see the world through the eyes of wonder, the eyes of awe and delight. Children take time to notice the little things in life. Children bring nothing but themselves and their joy. This is what children are like. And Jesus says, if we can receive the kingdom of God like these children can, then we can enter it. But until, until then, we will never understand life and will never understand God. G.K. Chesterton. He was a profound Christian writer who inspired C.S. Lewis, who we talked about earlier. And he wrote something that I read this week. He wrote that God is the last child left in the universe. He said the rest of us have just lost our joy. And I believe that he was on to something. When we read Genesis, we see the joy that the Father had in creating his creation. The joy that the Father had in creating man and creating woman. When God created you and me, there was great joy in his heart. We serve the God of joy. We serve the God of fun. And we serve the God of play. But something happened to our world, right? And we lost our joy. Especially in this past year, we lost our joy. We lost our sense of fun and laughter. Sin and cynicism crept in and caused us to lose our ability to play. But we need to learn as a church to play again. God wanted us to get our joy back. And so he sent his son, Jesus. And one of the things that Jesus said was that I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's John 10, 10. That, that they may have life and have it abundantly through him. And in Jesus, God was showing us his joyful personality so that we would get our joy back. And at first, the world didn't really know how to take this. We see an example in Mark 2 and in Luke 7, when Jesus spoke to the Pharisees, the supposed experts of the law, the experts on God, what have you, they thought they knew everything there was to know about God. And Jesus came along and said, you just don't get it. I come eating and drinking and having a good time, and I'm a friend to sinners and to tax collectors, and you accuse me of being a drunkard and a glutton. The Pharisees thought that Jesus was playing too hard. Has anyone ever told you that, that you're playing too hard? I've been told that a time or two. They thought that Jesus was playing too hard. They thought they knew everything about God. They didn't think that God was about this, this fun stuff, you know? That God wasn't about fun and games and play. But they were wrong. They just couldn't see that Jesus was trying to get us to enjoy life again. Do you guys know what Jesus' first miracle was? It's in the book of John, and it's at a, it's at a wedding party in Cana. And you guys probably know this story. Because back then, <laughs> a wedding could go on for an entire week. That, that's kind of crazy. In, in, in other cultures, weddings go on for weeks or, or months or, or what have you. I just think that's, that's too long for a wedding. Especially now, with how expensive they are and, and some family, you know what I'm saying? I just... I don't know about that. But they could go on for a week. And one of the first scenes of Jesus in John was not him preaching or holding the hand of a sick person. 
It's him and a party. Jesus at a party. Come on. And after a few days, they ran out of wine. After a few days, they ran out of wine. Uh, it's a party, you know. And what do you think Jesus did? Do you think Jesus stayed around and was like, I'll help you clean that up, don't worry. Good night, everybody, good night. No. Jesus told some folks to go and fill up these large jars filled with water. And he turned all that water into wine. That was his first miracle. It wasn't healing the sick or feeding the hungry. It wasn't walking on water or raising the dead. His first miracle was making gallons of wine so that the party could go on. You see, family, hospitality, and community celebrations, they are important to God. Jesus was about celebrating life. Jesus came to give us abundant and joyful life. He came to set us free from the bondage of sin. He came to reconcile us to God. Jesus came to show the Father's love for us. And Jesus enjoyed having fun. And he wanted us to get our joy back and to have it to its fullest. And so I, there are important events in, in our lives and in the lives of the church. And like I said earlier, today is Confirmation Sunday or Children's Sunday. And again, this is, this is one of my favorite Sundays. And uh, I, I haven't actually practiced this part of the sermon yet because I feel like I'm only going to get through it once. Um, but back home, I went to Lake Ridge United Methodist Church and I went through confirmation. And when I was a junior in high school, uh, my cousin Jackson was in fifth grade and he was gonna go through confirmation the next year. And uh, come Thanksgiving, we had our Thanksgiving meal. Um, we had our family all together. And the next day, my, my cousin Jackson, who was in the fifth grade, uh, was killed in a hunting accident. And he was shot, he didn't make it. And um, I remember thinking that next year was when he was going to come into the youth group and that I may be able to, to mentor him because we had our leadership team from the high school students. They would sometimes mentor the new confirmands and, and teach them stuff. And I was, I was devastated in my family. We were all devastated. And uh, every confirmation Sunday, I remember watching uh, his class go through the baptisms. They would, they would take them, it was like the, the stage was here and then we had a huge baptismal back here and like the, the curtains would draw back like it was a show and the kids would walk down the steps and they would get baptized. And I remember watching his class one after the other getting baptized and just crying because that could have been him. That could have been him choosing to step in to his own walk of faith because I think that's what Confirmation Sunday is about. It's about kids who are in the children's ministry, stepping into youth ministry, stepping into the next step that God has for them. And the kids that were his age were getting baptized and bringing up, and tears were just coming down my face. And every time I see a young child get baptized and take that step and choose life, right, it just, it gets to me, guys. And so that's why, that's why this Sunday is my favorite Sunday, I think is because we get to see these kids choose life again. We get to see these kids step into the next step that God has for them and continue on. And as, as, as parents, you guys in the crowd, as ministers, as whoever you are, don't take these moments for granted. Don't think that 
like baptism and, and stepping into what Jesus has for us is just a regular, normal thing that happens. It's not normal because cele- celebration happens in heaven and the angels erupt in celebration when just one person gives their heart to the Lord. So that being said, I want to give you guys some homework. I want you to go and let yourself be loved and to love those that are closest to you, to go and have some fun. That's your homework for this week. If you got to take a day off, if you have a sick day, call in sick. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tell you that. Go hack out a golf ball. Invite me. I'd like to come with you. I do it all the time. Take dance lessons. Learn how to dance. If you don't know how to dance, dance anyway. No one's really judging you. You know, it doesn't matter. If you know how to dance, go ahead and dance. If you want to turn on your favorite song and sing like nobody's listening, go for it. If you want to turn on your comedy and and laugh your way back to joy, learn how to play again is your homework for this week. Go and let yourself be loved. Because having fun and, and doing things that you used to do when you were a kid, they can be therapeutic. It can relieve a lot of stress. It can bring some peace. Go blow some freaking bubbles, you know? I mean, why not? Go blow some bubbles. Go swing on your kid's swing set. <laughs> Go to the park and swing as high as you can. I want to drive by and see some church members doing this. Get some colors in a coloring book and color with your kids. God is the God of relationships. He's the God of fun and he's the God of relationships. And he wants us to enjoy one another, especially our families. It's not good for us to work all the time. Our lives should not be centered around work. Our lives should be centered around Christ Jesus because Jesus desires for our joy to be full because he delights in us. And uh, earlier in the week, as I was studying for the sermon, I came across a quote uh, from this 85-year-old woman from the hill country of Kentucky. And she said, if I had to live my life over again, I would dare to make more mistakes the next time. I would relax. I would be sillier. I would take fewer things seriously. I would eat more ice cream and less beans. Amen. I would have more actual troubles, but fewer imaginary ones. Mm. If I had to do it over again, I would travel lighter. What would you say if you had to finish this sentence? If I have to live my life over again, I would. Don't wait to experience God's joy in your life. Because that's your homework for this week. Learn to play again. Every moment is a gift. That's why we call it the present, right? Enjoy God's enjoyment of you. Enjoy life. Have fun and play. And when you do, you will be very close to the kingdom of God. Amen? Let me pray for you guys. Lord, thank you for the ability to play. And thank you for the joy that you came to give us. Lord Jesus, you are joy and you are life. And so when we seek after these things that you tell us to seek after, like joy and life and love, Lord, we are really seeking after you because you are these things. God, we proclaim you to be these things in our life. We proclaim you to be joy in our life right now. We proclaim you to be fun in our life right now, Lord Jesus. 
I pray that this church would enter into a new season where the halls would once again be filled with laughter and community, where when we worshiped you, we would have a smile on our face, knowing that it's you that created that smile, that created smiles in general, that created fun, that created happiness, that created joy. Lord Jesus, we love who you are, and we love that you are the God of fun. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for this Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen.